This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. JP, and today we have a very, very special guest for you, the one, the only, Mr. Sam Jones. Sam Jones in the house. What's up, man? What's going on? What's going on, man? It's been a while. It has. It has. How have you been? Crazy busy, man. Crazy busy. So uh, it's been an odd year. Everything that, like most, everything that I had planned and scheduled for this year has... uh, been uh, flipped on its head and side and backwards and turned around and thrown around and 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 here we are now it's it's gosh almost july i can't believe that but uh yeah it's just been busy man a lot of new things in my life and for me and my family dealing with that and then uh you know trying to fish as much as i can um this season so uh you know obviously i haven't been on the podcast in a while um but kind of in the background on that as i try and get things set up here and, and and get things moving i'm excited to get back in the mix of things and be recording with you today though so that's pretty pretty exciting i'm glad to have you man and congratulations on some new steps in life yeah we have uh, home and we also have the new bass and van coming up 
That's right. That's right. Yeah, I just announced that this week. Um, I've been I've been needing a new vehicle for a long time. I'm not picky about vehicles. Um, you know, a lot of people know me for the car topping on the uh, the old beat up Impala. Uh, the Impala was a family ride for a while, and then it became my daily driver. Uh, then it became the the Basson Mobile. Um, <laughs> beat up, tore up, made noises that it shouldn't make, but it ran. And it got me where I needed to go, but it was time. It was starting to starting to get those miles on it, and was starting to need some new parts. And I made a decision to uh, to go get something. But I've been struggling for a long time, not knowing exactly what I wanted to do. Um, struggling between truck, van, or SUV. And I went looking um, earlier this week, and uh, I found a van and and started thinking about it, and decided to get a. A Dodge Caravan, 2019 Dodge Caravan. It's going to be perfect for the family. Um, you know, I've got the little ones I got to haul around. It's going to be perfect for road trips, uh, but it's going to be great for fishing, man. Uh, I'm gonna gonna turn it into a little uh, a little camper, basically. Gonna put a removable uh, bed with storage in it on one side, and then I'll have all my other storage on the other side. Um, all the seats seats stow away, so it's just completely flat. Gives me a ton of space. It's like a four by eight sheet of plywood would fit in there. Um, so you know I'll be able to put a little AC unit in there, put a cooler in there, sleep, all my gear. Uh, getting a tow package put on it next week, um, and then uh, I'm gonna rig a trailer up. So I've already got one. I just need to go get it set up for hauling kayaks. Um, and uh, got some other mods and things like that we're going to do. So you'll be able to follow all that if you want to. Um, I set up a, a little Instagram for it, and it's at the Bassin Van. So that's uh, that's its new name. Yeah, the Bassin Van. Hashtag the Bassin Van. Uh, so we'll get it decaled up and all that kind of good stuff. And uh, I'll be easy to find now. <laughs> I think there's only one requirement to this from your wife, and that was you're able to fit groceries inside there when uh, you're not fishing, right? As long yes. as you can be middle. All right. Exactly. Exactly. No, even my wife was giving me crap about buying a minivan, but she sees it now that I have it, and it's here, and, and she's seen what my plans are. Uh, and it's, it's not going to look like your typical minivan when it's all said and done. So um, I'm going to – the the stuff that I'm going to be doing to the top of this thing is going to be ridiculous and it's going to be awesome. And I, I'm excited about it. Maybe we should start a GoFundMe for you and then get a lift. So it can be an overland uh, van. That would be sweet. DZ, if you're listening <laughs> or any other, uh, anyone else that wants to help with that, I would love to have an overland uh, minivan set up. That would be that would be pretty cool. So it is gonna look somewhat overlandish when it's done though. Um, so yeah, follow along. It should be fun. You're hearing it first here on the podcast. Right. Follow along the Bass and Band. The Bass awesome. and Band. Yep. Well, well, Sam, let's uh, you know, for those who don't know you, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, what you're fishing out of, and uh, and how long you been kayak fishing, you know, the like. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, like you said, for those that don't know me, um, I have been in the world of fishing uh, for as long as I can remember. I've been obsessed with the sport of competitive bass fishing since I was 14. 
uh, started out in, in the boat world. Uh, well, really started on the bank um, in a creek and around local campground ponds and stuff like that. Um, but then got quickly got into some clubs where I was fishing out of the back of guys' boats and, and hanging out with um, buddies and fishing team tournaments and stuff like that. Um, and then I got in a wreck, uh, totaled my back. I mean, I couldn't get on a boat or anything like that. Sold the boat that I had at the time um, and really stayed off the water for a while. Um, moved to Nashville and I met Chad Hoover. Um, we lived like down the street from each other and I saw him all the time at the gas station that I stopped at before work and that he stopped at in the morning to get coffee. And that's kind of where I got introduced to this kayak bass fishing thing. I continued to follow it. We moved out to Arizona. My wife and I did and out there, um, you know, had a family member who had access to a little pedal boat and a kayak and I'd get out in those on the little ponds and I just fell in love with it. The whole idea with, of it. So when I moved back to Indiana, um, it wasn't long after being back in Indiana, I got my first kayak, um, which was a uh, SS-127 Bonafide. I still have it. Um, and uh, started tournament fishing from the kayak stuff online, uh, fishing with a group called uh, MyHo, which is Michigan, Ohio, kayak anglers. Um, that was just getting started at that time. They had some online events and really enjoyed it. And it just kind of snowballed from there. Uh, last year was my first real season fishing KBF trail series or anything like that. Um, had a really good time. And then this year had all the intentions of uh, fishing full time, uh, the pro tour trail, uh, possibly some Hobie events and then all the bass stuff. And then of course, you know, COVID happens and it, and it changes everything. So this year is kind of just a, a transitional year, I think, you know, just prepping for next year and, and, and getting the family situated. We just moved, um, got a new place and, uh, you know, getting situated here and, um, all that. So, uh, excited about what the future brings. Just got a new Slayer as well. Slayer max 12.5 propel. So new kayaks, nice. new ride, new house. It's time to go fishing, right? That's right, man. You, you <laughs> spent it. Now you might as well uh, enjoy it. There you go. Exactly. And you, and you know what? You hit it on the head about, um, a transition period for everybody. You know, this whole COVID stuff, you know, I had all intentions on fishing uh, more higher profile tournaments this year as well. But, and, you know, for those who know my schedule, I, I have a pretty flexible schedule to do it. But with the uncertainty of knowing and trying to make things, uh, you know, in terms of getting the days off to, to do everything, you know, you, you plan this out way ahead of time. And with the COVID, you know, and everything that happened with that cancellation of tournaments or reschedule, Everything's starting to pop up now. Some events that were scheduled already are still holding true, but there's a lot that were canceled or rescheduled where now it's now you're trying to play catch up with everything from the beginning of the season. And to be able to do it or not, you know, is, is another thing. So I, I, my focus actually has turned around this year, and I'm actually really trying to, to hone in on a lot more of um, – my local lakes, or in my local lakes, really trying to understand, you know, my electronics better. Um, you know, back, you know, back to the basics, man. Just remember, because here's the thing: when we're in a tournament mode. We have to, you know, we're 
Clients are going 10 million miles per hour. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Does this need to happen? Does this need to happen? Which are all factors that are played in. But when you go back to your roots and what you know and what will work and what doesn't work, this is really helping you decipher to build up your confidence for when you do go into the tournament scenario. You know, there's so many different lures out there on the market and so many different techniques. If you... You know, if you have confidence in one and you build on that confidence, that's, you know, that's going to get you a, a lot further than, you know, let's say I'm just going to wing it and throw a, no pun intended to Brian Milford, I'm just going to throw a whopper plopper and see if it works, you know, because, you know, I've never thrown one and I want to, you know, I've heard people catch fish off it. Well, if, if you're not practicing with that lure or, you know, if you're not, uh, you know, right, putting your confidence in it, you know, it's it's hard to say if it's going to work in a tournament setting. So this time that we've had off from the tournaments, I've been trying all different techniques and going back to the techniques I know. And it's really been boosting how I've been feeling about when it comes to tournament time on how to find fish, what lures to use, and especially understanding my electronics more. So, yeah. you know, I think uh, this you hit the nail on the head. I mean, that's so important. And, and that's one thing that I try and I have a lot of just because of what I do with running pro staffs and social media for different um, um, businesses and stuff. I have a lot of people that reach out to me that are getting into the sport or they're interested in kayak fishing or fishing in general. A lot of young anglers that I talk to um, on a daily basis. And, and a lot of times that, you know, that's one of the things that comes up that I see a lot is people just getting zoned in on one thing and and not really experimenting and taking the time um, to practice. Like everyone wants to always go out and catch fish. And and while that yes is fun and that's the essence of the sport is going out and, and finding and catching fish. Like sometimes the most valuable trips are the ones where you don't catch fish, where you're just out there learning, you know, the lay of the land and learning where fish set up and how they set up. And it's like, it's so important to take the time. Like you get out there and you get so rushed, right? Mm-hmm. In a tournament setting, that's okay, you know, is to is to be kind of in that that uh, that higher gear. But when you're practicing or just fun fishing, it's really important to like slow down and pay attention to what's going on. Why did you catch a fish there? You know, why is it on mm-hmm. the point? Where on the point was it? Where did you get bit? You know, you hear a guy a lot of times say, "Well, I, I'm getting bit in 20 foot of water. I'm getting bit in 20." Foot. No. You weren't getting, your boat may have been sitting in 20 foot of water, but where was your lure in the retrieve? You know, Mm -hmm. how often do you catch a fish and then go side scan and graph right where you caught it to understand why was that fish there? Was there a log there, a stick there? You know, I, I almost always have a heavy bait tied on and I'll catch a fish and I generally will go and look and drag something and try and understand because the fish is there for a reason, unless it's just, a random, you know, catch, you know, where they're roaming mm-hmm. and feeding. But when fish are staged up on stuff, like it's so important to take the time to understand what's going on, take those mental notes or write it down or use an app like Angler something uh, because it's going to play. I mean, it, when you, when you talk to, and how, and how many times have we done this right on paddle and fin where we've had the sticks, the big names mm-hmm. and, and, and other podcasts too, they had the big names on uh, the guys who are always consistently at the top and you talk to them and, and what is the key? And it's always time and it's always, um, you know, just their their overall understanding of 
you know, the techniques and where fish set up and all that. And you can only gain that if you go out and you study it, you know, if you're just going to go out there and throw a Cinco around the bank and not pay attention to anything. You're really not going to learn much. Not at all. So that it's funny you say that because, um, as we're leading to this, the whole topic of today's show is we're talking about in fishing in Indiana and specifically our KBF event coming up at Lake Monroe. Yeah. Your favorite lake. Bro, I yeah, can't buddy. tell you, man, I am so pumped for this. I have been asking for this and talking about this for, I think, two years now. Uh, Chad was at the Indianapolis Boat Sport and Travel Show, and I brought this up with him. And he saw the overwhelming uh, support and how huge the kayak fishing community was here in Indiana. Um, and I'm not saying that's what led to it, but I think it's what led to this event being here. And man, am I pumped up for it. I'm so excited. And I've been thinking about it so much. By the time it gets here, I'm probably going to be so overwhelmed that I'm just going to completely flop. Um, <laughs> but that's okay because I'll still have a really good time. You know, I, I got... And I, I got my money on on you because here's the thing: what we just talked about. You, if anybody follows Sam on his social media pages, he's not shy about it. This is where I'm at today. This is what we're doing, and exactly that practice of what you're doing to do up until tournament time is key. And for for the one, I mean, there you've been out there grinding. Uh, nationwide and we fish many tournaments together we've we've shared rooms we traveled companions i mean we've done it together and for this i i i hope I, sincerely in my heart i hope this is you know you've always been the bridesmaid i hope this is your uh your wedding day on your home lake that's i'm rooting mm-hmm. for you on it you put the time in you put the effort and everything we just talked about you know, I, I hope everything opens up for you on, uh, is it July 17th, right? July July 18th, um, 18th. is the yep. first. Yeah, so it's a doubleheader, um, Saturday, Sunday. And in addition to that, there's a ton of local um, tournaments. Well, not a ton. There's two other local tournaments going on as well. Grassroots Bass Yakking um, is having an event on Monroe that week. And so is SIAC, my home club, Southern Indiana Yak English Club. So there's, there's, you can like triple, quadruple down on this thing, which is really cool. Uh, thanks a lot for obviously all those kind words. And, and I hope to be very competitive in this event. Obviously, um, it, it won't, you know, I only set a couple goals for this year. And um, that was one of them was to get out there and have an opportunity to win on Monroe, my home lake, my favorite lake in the state of Indiana. Um, you know, but with the and then of course with them having two events, uh, that's awesome. My local club having an event going towards Angler of the Year and all that, it, it's great for me. So I hope I have a big event. And I've had a lot of people say similar things to me, you know, like uh, you're my favorite, you know, Sam's gonna crush it, that sort of thing. And that's just because every everyone's seen how much time I've put out there, right? Like, but here's the thing: people need to understand there mm-hmm. are some major hammers on Monroe and I've had my bad days on Monroe as well so this is not some like Sam's gonna go out and like knock it out of the park thing it really isn't Steve Martin killer angler great on Monroe 
he's had some bad luck this year and ran into some problems where he's not done what he is capable of doing out there. So he's one to watch out for. I know he's going to put the time on the water. Uh, Jason Cassidy, uh, another great angler, just did well recently in a tournament that we have there. Um, Jim Bailey, uh, another guy. He's come from Tennessee. He's up in Indiana now. He's fishing a lot of the grassroots stuff here in Indiana, doing very well. He's someone to watch out for. And I can go on and on. So in addition to all the amazing hammers that show up at any given trail series event and figure out the water, you have a ton of local guys here in Indiana that can put up some numbers. Randy Doris just won um, last week. Very, very tough fishing for most. He put up over 80-some inches on the lake. Um, And, uh, you know, it's definitely no sure thing ever. Um, and I expect sh- I I expect to have some major competition in this, so I am going to continue to work hard. Um, but I do too hope that I can have some success here. Obviously, you know that's what um, you know. A lot of people who are new to the tournament series of kayak fishing, or those who are following, like I get guys at the firehouse asking me all the time, like, so what does it take to win? I tell everybody, it's just, you know, there's no X factor to this. You can have, you can have, and we've watched it, the sticks, you name them. Everyone's had a very, I mean, you can be sitting at the top, the next day you're at the bottom of the chain. And it's because there's no, there's no, um, there's, like I said, X factor. There's nothing there to say you're going to do better than this guy. Because luck just happens to... It, skill happens, but luck tends to follow that skill. And if you don't have the luck on your side that day, you definitely can, you know, be on top one minute and fall to, you know, to the bottom of the next. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much I, I how much I believe in luck. To be honest with you, I, I think there's some level of it. For me, it's decisions. I, I usually will change the word luck and and throw in decisions, because. There, man, there are so many decisions that have to be made on the water um, in any given event from pra- from prior to practice all the way through the end of the event. There's so many major decisions that have to be made. Um, and it really comes down to who makes the, you know, the right decisions and then who executes. You know, um, every tournament you hear, how many fish I lost. Oh, man, I had the bites, but I didn't get them in. I broke them off, mm-hmm. you know. And that part, that's the execution part, right? Like, you know, how good were you at setting the hook on time? How good were you at fighting that fish and landing that fish? Man, I see it all the time, the mistakes that are made when I watch people's GoPro videos. And I know I'm making them. I recognize them afterwards because I take the time. When I lose a fish, I think through, what did I do, you know? Sure. Um, so I think a lot of it is decision-making. I think a lot of it is execution. Um and that is going to be a big part of this tournament, a huge part of this tournament. Because one thing I want everyone to know, there are a lot of lakes that we go to where you have a very small area of the lake that is known to hold big fish and hold quantity, right? There's there's those, those little sweet spots that really tend to shine over others, um, especially on certain lakes. This lake is not one of those guys. I want everyone to know you can literally launch at any ramp on this body of water and find winning fish and find quantity. 
Um, it, it is just one of those lakes where every square inch of this thing holds giants. Um, if you go back and look at the results, you know, we're talking Indiana, right? It's not known for big fish um, at all. Um, any, you go back through the results, you're going to see 19s, 20s, 21 inch fish just this past weekend, or maybe just a day or two ago, giant bass caught out of Monroe. Unfortunately, I, I believe that fish was taken and, and put on a mount. Um, so it's not in there any longer, but any given day, you can see someone pull an eight to 10 pounder out of Monroe. Six pounders are there on the regular four pounders multiple times a day you're gonna you're gonna come across guys who are catching those but it'll humble you in a second too because you'll be on big big fish one day in an area and the next day you can't catch a keeper in there but you'll catch a little 10 and 12 inch spotted bass kentucky spots and little largemouth um this lake is amazing uh it has true big fish potential and the results show that. I mean, for Indiana to win, you've got to be in the high 80s and 90s, I think, to to even be in the money on this event come come July 18th. You guys are hearing it first here. If you guys are thinking about going to this KBF tournament next month, Sam's telling you, man, high 80s, low 90s, that's what's going to take it. Turn, Turney X is telling you. Sam's not telling you. The results are telling you. I mean, just look at the results um, from this lake. Uh, you go back to April. I actually have it pulled up right here. I won it with 96.75. I lost two giant fish that day. Should have had over 100. Second place was 90 inches. Third place was 85. Fourth place was 85. Fifth place was 81. And I know he lost a couple big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, sixth place was 81. Seventh place was 78, and then it falls off a little bit from there. Um, and, uh, you know, gosh, Steve Martin bringing him up again. I saw his video. He lost some giants at the boat. Um, so it's just it, – it's one of those lakes that it, it can really – when it wants to, can really show out. Well, that's exciting because, you know, for – and, you know, geographically speaking it's only three and hours or some change away from from being in chicago but it, there's a trend that goes on and it, it has to do with our wintertime patterns so down by you within that southern indiana region you guys you'll see cold but you guys don't see snow or, or freeze over as much as what we do here yeah it changes um, depending on the year but yeah absolutely but it, it, for whatever reasons, it always seems the, the running joke around here is if you want to catch a, you know, quality sized bass, you have to go south of I-80. <laughs> yeah. And it just, it, it's, for some reason, it stays true because the further south you go, the bigger the bass are. And, you know, even though it's only three hours away, that it's it's a whole nother it's like fishing a whole nother region when yeah. you go that it's just growing cycles man it's just the the, yep. the growing period when you get north like that is just so so much shorter 
what really helps Monroe out is, you know, it was built in 1960, so it's not super old, but in a reservoir standpoint, you know, it's a fairly old lake now at this point. Um, it's been managed really well. It's the largest lake in Indiana, um, and we don't have large lakes in Indiana, so our largest lake, Monroe, is just over 10,000 acres. Um, so not very big, honestly. Um, but it is the largest in Indiana, so it gets maintained fairly well. It's, it, it has its trends. It's gone up and down in the years. There's been times where nobody even wanted to fish out there. Now it's probably one of the best fisheries in the state at this point where the bite is currently as far as big fish in quantity. Um, partly what's interesting about Monroe is it used to have a lot of grass in it. Um, but recent years, we've had really high water in the springs, um, well, well above, um, you know, the normal high water area. Um, and so we haven't really had a, a lot of grass. So this is a very rocky reservoir, huge bluff walls, big chunk. I mean, there's just rock everywhere. There's a few red clay banks and stuff like that, but it's mostly just rock. Now on the northern end of the lake, so there's a there's a fast water side and a slow water side that people talk about. So you go um, on the north end of the lake, the slow water side, uh, which you go through a br little bridge culvert area, uh, you get into the north water um, and there's some ramps up there too there's two creeks that you can fish on the north water side and stay or on the slow water side and it stays a little muddier um, you can get some grass in there and some pads lots of wood and and and, and mud banks and stuff like that but most of the reservoir um, the main lake is is just rock and wood there are trees and stumps and laydowns everywhere boulders uh, it's just a really, really cool lake, and it's got a ton of structure. Um, and then t the bait fish is just unbelievable. There's so much bait in that lake, and they're huge all the way down to, you know, the tiniest. Um, so, you know, it just it's, it's a great breeding ground for quality fishing here in the state of Indiana. That's awesome. You know, and something you had brought up being that this is now becoming more – uh, of the popular uh, go-to in the league or in Indiana, uh, how is the boat traffic? Because I know when we did our live bracket, uh, you were having some trouble up there with boaters. What What is kind of the expectation uh, for this tournament in terms of us going against uh, not only just bass boats, but pleasure boaters and, and everything else that's uh, on that lake? Yeah, a, a great question. I'm glad you brought it up. Something I want to talk about um, because it is something that people need to be mindful of. Um, my answer to this may scare you off, so hang on to the end, okay? And I'll explain <laughs> something. Um, with it being the largest lake in Indiana and with it being in Bloomington, Indiana, Bloomington, Indiana, you know, IU, Indiana University, everyone's heard of that, mm -hmm. right? largest one of the largest colleges right biggest party college there is probably um just in for, indiana uh, yeah so some people <laughs> so some people are going to probably disagree with that and and purdue fans uh and uh purdue alumni may disagree with that but it is it's one of the biggest colleges one of the biggest party colleges there is um and uh bloomington has all walks of life in it from billionaires down to your good old boys right um it's a party lake it is the party lake in indiana boat traffic's going to be insane it it just it flat out it's going to be insane now 
positive note, July 4th is coming up before the event, luckily. So hopefully uh, uh, some people will get their uh, get it out of their system. But there are massive boat parties that go on. Um, you have these huge party barges, these double-decker, triple-decker uh, boats that will be full 20, 30, 50 college kids. They're going to be lighting off fireworks. They're going to be swimming. They're going to have these massive flotation devices out there uh, that look like you know, uh, ducks and unicorns and whatever else. And, uh, <laughs> those, those, uh, inflatable like trampolines that go on the water. It's nuts. Any cove and every cove, uh, will have boats in it. Some more than others. Um, you know, there's, a, there's a couple coves in particular that it will just be lined with hundreds of boats sometimes on the weekends. Um, there's a couple of different events that go on in July and, I do believe one of them does line up with this. And then, of course, on Sunday, there is a junior um, Indiana Bass Nation. I think it's the championship or one of their major events, at least. That's going on. I know that's reserved for 150 boats. I don't believe they'll have that many. Uh, but that's going to be going on. So you're going to have practice boats out there on Friday and Saturday, plus the normal fishing traffic. Uh, it's a big spot for crappie. A lot of crappie and catfish guys go out there. It's got striper in it, so you have striper guys out there or hybrids, the wipers, you know. Um, so short answer is it, it's going to be insane, man. The race boats, all that, you're going to see traffic if the weather's good. Let's hope the weather's not great. Um, but <laughs> if, if, if it's sunny or warm, it, it's going to be nuts. Um, you can expect that the parks will be um on the weekends very loaded um you're gonna expect the the parking lots to be difficult to navigate in the at midday through the early afternoon they actually will close them down because they'll get too backed up sometimes um if you're going to be camping you probably have already reserved needed to reserve something or you should be reserving something like right now uh there is limited camping the main camping area is Paintown State Recreational Area. I looked a couple weeks ago, very limited. Um, there's Harding Ridge Recreational Area, and there's a couple er other areas, but if like you want an electric site, you better be booking right now. Now, the cool thing about Monroe is it's surrounded by state forest. There's like 20 some thousand or more acres of state forest surrounding Monroe. Um, and there's, you can literally camp right on the side of the water if you don't need power which um i love about monroe there's great trails and hiking um it's a beautiful place you can literally pull up on a point throw a tent down or a hammock and, and you're good to go um but there's going to be a ton of traffic and you're going to have to deal with that um here's the good news though there's always a ton of traffic on monroe um, always, I've never had any real issues with safety. I've, I've had a couple guys, you know, be jerks, but not put me in a position to be, you know, in danger. Um, you know, there's a ton of kayakers out there from fishing kayaks to just, you know, touring kayaks and people out there getting exercise main lake and in the backs of the pocket. So everyone's really used to it. Uh, and of course there is the slow water side. So if you're in a smaller craft, you're a little bit more nervous about being on big water and around boats and stuff. You do have 
um, several backwater areas and, um, well, not really backwater areas, but you know, the backs of these pockets in these creeks. And then, um, you have the slow water side where it's idle only. And then there's a ton of miles of creeks that'll be available to fish up there. Um, but the fish are used to it, man. They really are. I have been in the party coves where it's as loud as can be and catching fish, you know, just feet away from party boats. Um, it definitely is going to get tough as the day goes on. You're going to want to catch your fish early, um, but don't quit. Like it'll slow down, but don't quit when those party boats get out and the pleasure boats get out. Uh, Cause they will still bite. So awesome. You know, and you know, that's, that's kind of what happens. You know, you could pick, you could go to any state and pick a lake and, you know, if they're, if it's popular like that, it's to be expected, especially midsummer. you know, this is, this is the time for, for party boats and I, you know, coming from, you know, from boating and knowing that, you know, I definitely, I, I get you hundred ten percent, just the biggest thing and Sam hit it on the head, you know, just keep your head on the swivel, watch your surroundings, but have fun while you're doing it, man. This is, this is what it's all about, you know? Yeah. And, um, yep. You know, so you want to throw anything else in about uh, about Monroe that people might want to know about uh, the lake itself? Yeah, so I mean, so there's a couple other topics that we need to hit on real quick. Um, there's a ton of construction going on around the main roads um, leading to and coming from Lake Monroe right now, and there's um, more planned. So 446, which is the bridge I talked about that goes across that separates the fast and the slow water side. 446 has major construction on it, repaving going on on it. 69 or 37, which is one of the main um, main ways to get to Monroe, north from north or south, uh, has a lot of construction and stuff going on in it as well. So be prepared for some delays. Um, once you get to the lake, you're pretty okay. Um, some of the roads can be rough cause they do get flooded. Um, the lake is now at summer pool. So it came down 10 feet over the last couple weeks. It's now at summer pool. Um, that's something that you definitely want to, to keep in mind. Um, when you're out there stuff that typically would be, uh, if you've been out there in the spring or something like that stuff that typically would be in the water isn't anymore. There are some areas of the lake where you've got a lot of stumps and standing timber. Uh, so, so for those of you that are going to be in a pedal drive or in a Hobie with a Mirage drive, you're definitely going to have to be cautious of that. Um, another big thing for those of you that are coming is interesting what's going on right now with oxygen, um, levels in the lake. So, um, I've actually got it pulled up here right now. The last report, which came out on the 13th of June, so it's a little outdated, um, but just to just give you kind of an idea, um, great oxygen um, levels from zero to about 18 feet, um, really even 19 feet. At 20 foot, it's 6.8, and then it plummets. Um, last time I was out, which was last weekend, I didn't pick up a thermocline on my graph, but, um, you know, looking at these oxygen reports, um, it makes sense to me based off of where I was getting bit. Um, so that's just something to keep in mind, uh, for you guys that are shallow or deep water fishermen, kind of understanding where that oxygen level is right now. 
you can get that from the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers um, if you want to continue to watch that as you plan and prep for practice. Um, both the water levels are there on oxygen levels and all that. Um, it's a pattern lake, man. It's a fun lake. It's a pattern lake. Um, so typically, whatever you find, you can follow it throughout. You can launch anywhere and follow that pattern throughout. Um, there can be several patterns going on at any time. But one thing about this lake is you can have a killer bite in an area for two or three days straight, and then it just flip. It's just gone, <laughs> and it's somewhere else. So if you're going to practice, make sure you hit multiple areas and don't be scared to jump ramps during the tournament. Uh, you may absolutely have to do that. So there's a little a little tip and trick uh, for you guys. So um, that's the big thing, man. You know, it's a, it's a mostly clear to slightly stained um, lake with the boat traffic. It's going to stir it up a little bit. It's not going to be as clear. It's busier this year than it has been ever just because of what's going on. In our world right now, a lot of people spending time outdoors, which is great. Um, but yeah, I mean, in, in regards to what you need for safety and just basic fishing stuff, that's really it. Awesome. Well, guys, if you guys are headed down for for uh, for that tournament, heed the advice. I mean, this you don't usually get this much uh, thrown out to you, so. These tips are uh, are very welcoming to, to those who are going. And but let's move uh let's move on, Sam. Let's uh let's talk about a little bit of things to do off water. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I said it just a minute ago. Bloomington is yeah. my favorite area in the state. I hope to one day live on Monroe, um, or have a place there at least. Uh, you know, and Bloomington is a great college town, which means it has a ton of stuff to do. Um, if you like quiet and more scenic stuff, the parks are amazing around Bloomington and around Monroe. Um, you've got Brown County State Park. You've got the huge, it's the Hoosier National Forest is what it is. Uh, it's just acres and acres of hiking and camping and trails. And there's all kinds of stuff. You could really make an awesome trip out of this if you want to, you know, come early or stay late. Uh, it's really great. There's some other cool lakes in the area as well. Uh, Lake Lemon, one of those. Uh, which is a really fun little lake. But yeah, downtown life is amazing. So after the tournament, you know, you've, you've won some money, you placed well, you want to go celebrate, you can definitely find some stuff. Here in the state of Indiana, we are a lot more relaxed um, when it comes to the current situation with COVID um, than some of the other you're states. You're not kidding. Yeah, than some of the other states. And I know uh, you're dealing with that, JP. Um, and, and keeping politics and all of that aside and how you feel like none of that matters, right? Like at right. this point, you're just talking about what's available to you. Um, most restaurants uh, and bars are now open, available seating. Um, you know, you can have small parties, um, outdoor seating and stuff like that. Um, and Bloomington has it all, you know, it has a great nightlife. I haven't been down there this year. I don't know what it looks like right now. Obviously, with the college kids being out of school and all that, it's 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 probably a lot more quiet than typical. Um, but there's there is so many great restaurants. Uh, everything that you could think of, any type of cuisine you want, um, is available there. Um, you know, the ton of stuff on Third Street, and uh, you know, between Third between Third and Eighth Street in downtown Bloomington, uh, there's a ton of stuff. 
um, great places to to get music and pizza and beer. Um, I mean, yeah. you just you just throw up a search and you're gonna find uh, something. It's it's really easy. Uh, tons of Airbnb. So for those of you that don't like to camp or can't find camp, um, there's uh, tons of Airbnb options and great pricing on all that too. Nice. So, you know, just like you're saying, Indiana is a lot more lax than a lot of the other states, including Illinois. I was actually just in Indiana on Monday and uh, we, we, it, it was like, it didn't even exist out there. It, it was bad. Yeah. It was like, like, uh, we wound up going to Merrillville and uh, Hammond and, yeah. you know, up in North Indiana. But uh, it was nice to actually sit down in a restaurant, you know, eat a meal without, you know, it, it just, it felt, it brought back a little sense of normalcy. So that was yeah. very fresh. But speaking of, uh, of eating, man, give us, uh, give us your top three restaurants that you would recommend. Uh, well, okay. Bloomington. So, First off, it's not a restaurant, but first place I'm going to recommend for everyone is the fishing shed. Okay. There's not a lot of places to get shade on Monroe. So when you get off the water, people are usually burnt. They have like the best sunscreen and the best afterburn lotion ever there. I don't know what it is about it. Like my wife literally makes me bring it home. Uh, it's really good. Um, but uh, no, the fishing shed is great. It's It's been around forever. It's right off of the Paintown State Recreational Area, which is one of the major launches um, on Monroe. It's on 446. Um, you, you can't miss it if you're going uh, to any of the major ramps, pretty much, um, which, you know, is awesome. And they have everything you need. You know, they sell live bait and, and, and all that, but they got the drinks. They got a little uh, kitchen in there. They make the best little sandwiches and breakfast sandwiches. Uh, so you got to check out the fish and shed because it's right there. Uh, it's priced well. The people are awesome. Uh, love, love the fish and shed. Um, and then downtown uh, Bloomington. So I can't remember the name of it, but there's like this little uh, Indian joint that I really like. Um, but the Bluebird is one of my favorite places to hang out. Uh, they have like great music there and live bands and stuff like that. Um, but man, you know, gosh, there's, there's a couple pizza places downtown and I'd have to look up the names of them. I haven't hung out down there in so long. You know, most of my time down there was, uh, you know, the college years. So that's background noise. Yeah. So you got Brothers Bar and Grill, Kilroy's, like those typical stuff that you would see um, down there, which is really awesome um, and and fun to hang out with the dudes. But yeah, there's just these little hole in the wall pizza joints. I've never gone anywhere down there and had a bad experience, to be honest with you. So whatever you're in the mood for, you can definitely find it. Uh, There's some cool bagel shops that you'll have to wait in line for to get into, or at least prior to all the madness that we've got going on right now, you had to. Um, so yeah, man, I, I couldn't narrow it down to just three. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty sweet. Coaches bar and grills. Good. I remember that one. So cool. Well, I know this, this next topic, um, is very open for, um, opinions, but, you know, is there good breweries, uh, just, you know, for craft beer or, you know, micro distilleries, anything within that area 
that you would recommend people going to? Yeah, you know, here in Indiana, we have quite a few microbrews and distilleries and stuff like that. Um, you know, I'm not very good with remembering the names of restaurants, so I'm probably not your best guess, uh, guest on uh, when it comes to this stuff. Um, I can remember what things look like and where things are, but I'm, I'm not very good with remembering names. Um, there's a place called The Tap down there. Um, where is that? Uh, it's in Bloomington. It's called The Tap. I've been there a few times. It's pretty good. Uh, Upland Brewing Company is another one that comes to mind. Um, so that's a that's a pretty good one. But you can find there's tons of them down there, man. You'll you'll find them if you look at all. Uh, Salt Creek is a fairly familiar one too. It's pretty popular. Um, and then. Not too far up, if you don't mind a little bit of a drive in Bargersville, which is probably like, I want to say 45 minutes maybe from the lake, um, is one of my favorite places. It's called the Taxman. Um, they have a beer called Deduction, which is like this Scottish amberish style. I don't know what they really, what it really is considered in the category sense, but it's so good. And the food's really good too, all fresh. So, yeah, man. I've just been blessed with Northwest Indiana and they're actually, so we in Northwest Indiana, you have three Floyds and yep. uh, they have Robert the Bruce, which is a very good Scottish ale. Yep. And then they, uh, there's a new uh, brewery that just opened up in 2018 and we just checked out for the first time on Monday called 18th street brewery up that way. And cool. man, tell you what they uh there was two that i had one was a double ipa and one was just like a regular when people think of ipa you know they're like it's super heavy um and bitter at the end this was very so uh you know like i said i, I get to get northwest indiana you get to have central and south central indiana so i'm not too familiar with those out there but if it's anything like uh three floyds up here i'm sure it's good down down that way yeah, and that's so that's the cool thing. Like most of the restaurants and bars that you go to are gonna have great tap options. So locally, like Sun King is very very popular. They have um, what's called Wee Mac, which is a Scottish L. They've got a Cream L that's amazing. Um, so you got Wee Mac, you got Three Floyds, you got Taxman, which is really popular. Uh, so you're gonna find a lot of that stuff on tap in any of these restaurants or bars that you go to, and they're all great. Nice. Now. I'm not a true wine drinker, but I know uh, Olivia's and a lot of other significant others who travel with us love going to vineyards. Is there any uh, wineries or vineyards in your area? Oh, yeah. Gosh, yeah. So you've got Butler Winery, which isn't too far. Oliver. Uh, Owen Valley, which is a smaller but has great stuff. Uh, that's one of my wife's favorite. Um, on down the way a little bit is uh, Huckleberries and uh, Salt Creek is one of the wineries. You got Brown County Winery, Cedar Creek Winery. There's all kinds of them around. So. Right. Well, there's, uh, you know, you can't hide from excuse saying there's no vineyards around here because you just listed off like six or seven. <laughs> yeah. And some of those are by heart and some of them I just pulled up because I told you I was bad with names. Uh, Mallow Run is like an hour away. But yeah, they're they're all over that area. So. Cool. 
Well, you know what? And you, you mentioned a lot of them in the first part, but the bars, uh, down, you know, within downtown Bloomington. So, you know, that, that kind of leads into, but do you have a favorite bar in particular you'd like to visit while you're, uh, while you're in Bloomington? I mean, when I was younger, like I said, it was, it was the Bluebird. Um, that's where me and my buddies went, you know, do a little dancing, uh, you know, uh, watch live bands. I don't know what's going on. I mean, it's mostly a live band place. Um, some of the upcoming country artists would come through there. They got some local cover bands that, that play there pretty frequently. Uh, the beer's really cheap, you know, uh, just your typical like little college dive bar, but great music. Um, so that's when I was younger. Now I would want something way more low key, um, probably. Um, so I would go to like the tap house or something like that. Cool. Cool. Now, if you have the family with you and you had mentioned, uh, you know, the state parks, uh, around Lake Monroe, any other family fun activities within the area to do? Man. Yeah. So you know, me and my family, we're so outdoor driven. I'm so outdoor driven that like most of what I'm going to talk about is going to be around that. There are some great museums, um, some art galleries and stuff in, in downtown Bloomington that are awesome. But with all of the state recreational areas, uh, there's some really cool activities. They have all these different programs during the summer that you can get involved in on the weekends and stuff like that. Um, you know, nature walks and, and, and all these different things. Um, you can go to the Indiana DNR website and they will list like all the events in the area, which is great. Um, if you want to do, if you want to take part in some pleasure boating stuff, uh, there are some couple of different marinas on Monroe that will rent you uh, pontoons and boats and jet skis. Um, and that sort of stuff, just about anywhere on the lake, you can pull up and go swimming, which is cool. Uh, lots of, lots of hiking and trails, like I said before. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's tons of stuff to do in, in Bloomington. And if you're okay with a little bit of drive, you've got like Santa Claus, Indiana, which is further South. It's a, um, it's a theme park there. What's it called? Holiday world. I think it's called. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't know if that's open or not right now. Um, I would imagine it probably is here in the state of Indiana because we just came, we went through like this phased progress or this phased um, in period where they would open things up. And I think now that that park is back open um, for for rides and stuff. So cool, nice. And then uh, you know, any last distinct things you want to throw out about uh, about the area that you feel there should know about when it comes to South Central Indiana? Well, I just to reiterate a couple things, like travel, really plan on travel and looking at routes because there's so much construction going on around the lake. Like it's, it's really, it's really kind of bad to be honest with you. Um, or at least irritating, especially for someone who's not used to traveling. Like I travel, I'm about an hour and 10 to hour and 30 minutes um, from the lake, any given ramp. And, uh, you know, so I'm kind of used to it, but if you're not used to it, it's probably going to be pretty annoying. Uh, so just be prepared for that. If you're going to be camping, you need to be, re you need to be reserving something now um, because it's going to be very limited, especially if you want electric. 
Um, but there is plenty of Airbnbs. I looked the other day. There was a ton available. Um, hotels. There's some hotels in Bloomington as well. Um, so, but yeah, that's really it, man. Like just be prepared for a lot of boat traffic, but be prepared. I mean, any cast can be a, a six plus pounder out there. Um, uh, you know, earlier in the year I was, uh, fishing one area where I actually have decent cell phone service and was able to do a go live. And I lost like an eight plus pounder at the boat in the last few minutes of the tournament caught several. I do remember that. Yeah. Several four <laughs> five, uh, six pound fish. I've caught some sevens out there, like one seven pounder out there this year, several five and six pounders. Um, even post spawn fish were big, you know? Uh, so that's one thing to keep in mind. Cell phone service. I'll touch on that real quick can be very spotty um, off the water because the, the the hills and the valleys and the trees on the water you will usually have service though it may be pretty it may be you know not great you'll have some service what's interesting is you know if you're on a on one bank and have hardly any service you can go over to the next bank and bank and find enough service to upload fish and check leaderboard and make calls and that sort of stuff so you shouldn't have any problem uploading fish as long as you're willing to just go a, a couple minutes over to the next bank or something like that to find it but generally anywhere on the lake you're going to be able to find service um depending on um if you're fishing the local uh, club stuff or not we may or may not have a meeting afterwards i know kbf is doing all virtual so you don't really have to worry about making it to any location or anything like that you just have to get off the water um be prepared to cover water though i, I think that's that's going to be key for a lot of people is, is to actually um you know cover quite a, a distance um to get away from other people and stuff so be prepared for that but yeah outside of that it's just fun um and uh i'm excited man get signed up for it and and look for the local stuff too grassroots bass yakking and southern indiana yak english club because you have an opportunity to kind of double down so triple quadruple down whatever awesome awesome well guys there you hear you have it hearing it first here on off the water bloomington indiana lake monroe but now it's time for everyone's favorite segment True confessions. True confessions. Oh, man. I'm covering my face so I don't have to give you any signs. Oh. Hold on. Let me put a buff on. Let me put a buff. <laughs> Here we go. I don't want to give you, I don't want to give away anything. As Sam puts on his boss buff, our talent. Okay. Oh, now there it is. That's it. That's the look. Alrighty, I'll I'll give you All my right, I'll give you my tell eyes just a little bit. Tell me a story, man. Tell you a story. Yeah, tell me a story. Does it have to be fishing related or non-fishing related? It doesn't have to be fishing related. Gosh, see, this is hard because you know so many of my stories. Do I though? Oh, maybe you don't. <laughs> We don't. Let's see here. All right. I wasn't prepared. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of anything yet. I gave you 56 minutes and 48 seconds. Yeah, but you have me talking about the other stuff, distracting me. <laughs> All right. 
So my first ever trip in my kayak, bonafide SS-127, right? Told you that earlier in the show. My first ever trip on that kayak, I went out and uh, was fishing some local water uh, near me. And there's these big, huge carp, right? They're like six foot long carp in the lake. And it was really early in the morning. And uh, I just caught a big fish and I'm like all jittery, right? Like it was like a 20 incher on a frog. And I had one of these big, huge carp jump. You know how they like torpedo up out of the water? Yep. Torpedoes up out of the water. Scares the living daylights out of me. And I literally jumped and fell right out of the boat. (laughs) Oh, you know. I had to drag it through the weeds back over to the bank to get back in it because I was so covered in grass and moss and nasty crap. And, uh, it was, uh, it was pretty funny. So, and there was this like little family on the bank watching and they didn't offer to help. They just laughed the whole time. (laughs) Oh, that's, uh, you know, Sounds too good to be true. That's your final answer? That's my final answer. Everything was true but me falling out of the water. (laughs) I knew it. Or falling out of the boat into water. Yeah, no, scared the crap out of me. I'm still not (laughs) used to it when it happens because it happens all the time on this lake. Uh, I almost fell out of the boat one time at night. That was pretty freaky. It literally like hit the boat um, and almost knocked me out. So I've hit him with paddles. Um, I've hit him with my trolling motor. Um, it's pretty pretty fun. So, but you no, it's all over. A local um, a local fishing hole here where the boat launch was. So when we got all that rain, it was um, you know it had flooded and it the water level had pushed into the parking lot. And me and my buddy are literally walking through the parking lot to launch, and there's a whole school of carp just swimming by us as we're walking the kayaks down to the launch. It's kind of funny. But, yeah, we've caught them by right. hand during, like, when it flooded back in my home in 2008. We had a big flood, and they were, like, in the yard and stuff, and we were catching them by hand. It was pretty funny. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. You ready for yours? Yeah, hopefully you're better at telling stories than I am because I'm, I'm terrible <laughs> at it, man. Like... If I didn't have that buff on, there is no way anyone would have believed anything I was saying. Well. No poker face. Right. <laughs> so this was 20, 2019. So this was last year. Me and Olivia had, um, we, were, we were going to Nashville. So the way we take is I-65 all the way south. Right. And we got, uh, we got actually right around just south of Indianapolis. There was construction, and then there happened to be an accident in the construction zone. And we're sitting, we're, we're waiting, and it's standstill. There's no traffic moving. And out of the corner of my eye, I see, like, an animal running. I'm like, what the hell? I turn around. There's two more behind it. 
there was a tractor trailer that was carrying goats. And the goats got out of the trailer and were running around the interstate down I-65. And I couldn't help but just keep laughing because it was a sight to see. I'm like, where did all these goats come from? And then you see the driver uh, of the semi trying to corral them back into the trailer. Uh, you know, there's a lot of shit you see on the road, but that was that was one that was well worth it. Man, um, so that's let's see. You know, it's believable because. I-65 and the 70 corridor coming together in Indianapolis, 465, is just known for crazy stuff happening all the time. Traffic being bad, you know, tankers blowing up. Uh, I can remember a time where cows um, came free. Yep, cows. Yeah. Cows are quite common, actually. I don't remember ever hearing about goats being on a highway, though. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was true, so I'm gonna go with true. You're absolutely right. That is a true story. Yeah, it was only there was only like four goats that got out. But uh yeah, it was funny watching this big old truck driver trying to corral a bunch of goats back into into the trailer. Yeah, I was that's a first. Now I've seen now we've had an accident here in Illinois when I was on the ambulance where cows were actually coming off the bridge but like they were walking down the embankment uh when there's an accident so it's Mm -hmm. funny when livestock figures out how to undo the latch for the trailers and then they just start roaming the highway yeah man it's uh always always hilarious i I was on my way to work one day we had a dog on uh, 465 and people were stopping and trying to trying to get this dog and there's like just like 15 people chasing this dog all over 465 and traffic zooming by it was really unsafe nobody should have ever stopped but um yeah uh, there's so many stories man uh, <laughs> in that area that it, it's it's hard to you can you it would take you five podcasts just to talk about a quarter of them <laughs> that happened well we're winding down here sam um uh, Real quick, I just want to throw out to everybody, what is it, Two, three more rounds left. Three more rounds for our pal and thin angler of the pod. Two, two. two rounds. So we got, the, uh, we got the final matchup of the loser's bracket, which is going to be uh, Josh Smith, Susie Roloff, and myself. Yep. Um, we are trying to figure out a date and time for that. We'll announce that. As soon as we have that, we're obviously we got Fourth of July coming up. It's not going to happen this weekend, and then Fourth of July next weekend probably not going to happen that. So possibly the weekend after, but we will announce that. Dustin climbed his way through the ranks of the championship bracket, so he's our mm-hmm. our champion. And then we'll have our top loser, which again will be between Josh, Susie, and myself. The winner of that will go on to face Dustin for the Angler of the Pod title gonna be exciting it's gonna be tough yeah, to beat Susie um if Susie gets to fish her little her little sweet spot um I'm hope I found a spot that I like that I might have enough signal that's been my problem man I just here in Indiana we don't have a lot of fisheries that have great signal for live you know because you need decent signal um 
and we just don't have that. And I know it's been a problem for others too. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, and then of course you got Josh Smith, who's a, a great angler out there in the Northeast. Uh, it's going to be a fun matchup. I'm definitely excited for it. I'd love the opportunity to face off against Dustin, and uh, have this uh, good old Indiana boy beat Texas. But you know, we'll <laughs> see. I got to worry about this first matchup first, and uh, I got to take out a couple hammers in order to get there. So. Well, and what's unique about this one is, and that's where my confusion came in, so I apologize. But it is a three-way. It's a three-way match. Yeah. It's it's so a usually, we were doing you know multiple two you know one on ones, but this is the first three-way we're having within uh, within our little bracket itself. So it's going to be exciting the, to watch. Yeah. So got. Yep. Keep an eye out for the date, and you don't want to miss this absolutely it's gonna be fun all right well sam you want to give a shout out to anybody your sponsors people who uh have your back you know those who are important who need to be uh who need to be heard and recognized yeah you know i have a lot of great supporters and and a lot of great sponsors and companies that i work with you know um and I don't want to sound like a NASCAR driver and, and, and go through there. They all know how much I appreciate them. Um, and if you follow me on social media at all, um, you know who those great people are. I definitely want to say thank you to everyone who reaches out to me of that, though. Um, you know, I've got a ton of great support that I get from other anglers and, and people who are following the industry and following me on social media. And, and that means so much to me to know that I'm doing anything uh, that, you know, helps benefit someone else. Um, had a guy today, you know, commented on a post that I made about swim jigs saying he went out and, and tried it and, and caught a big fish. Uh, and that's the stuff that really matters to me. So thanks for all those people. Um, thanks to you, JP, for having me on the episode, getting me back in the swing of things here. It's been a little while since well, I've been, definitely. Off the, been off the reel down. Um, so love our crew here, but yeah, uh, I just want to, again, you know, Please, uh, if you're planning on coming down and fishing, check out, uh, you know, Southern Indiana Yak Anglers Club. It's one of our local groups here in Indiana. Uh, do an awesome job running tournaments and giving away prizes and all that. Their tournament's already up and loaded on Tourney X. You can find that. Just search S-I-Y-A-K or just search Monroe and you're gonna it's going to pop up with the KBF Trail events. Um, Grassroots Bass Yakking, they'll be putting their tournament up any any minute, any day. Um, as well what's unique about them is you pick your day you can pick thursday friday saturday sunday or monday to fish that event but there's only 14 slots per day uh, so when that goes up if you want to fish saturday or sunday or any of those days you want to get on there and sign up quick um, for those events um, so support the local groups here in indiana SIAC is the presenting club for this event so they've been doing a ton of work uh, matt Kiefer um is uh the tournament director uh and he's uh, he's been doing a lot to get this thing up and running so please check out those uh folks if you're coming down and uh other than that man i just hope everybody enjoys this lake as much as i do uh it's one of my favorite places and uh, i look forward to seeing everyone if you see me on the water don't be afraid to come say hi it won't bother me at all i know some people do but i'd love to talk to you and chat with you and um help you out in any way that i can so yeah that's it man awesome awesome well sam thank you for your time thank you for giving those tips and tricks about lake monroe and 
for everybody listening, next month, July 18th and 19th, it's the KBF uh, and the local clubs for Indiana Sayak and um, the uh, grassroots. Uh, and bash yep. and then don't forget if you see him out there in in the uh bass and van the bass and van yeah give me a honk absolutely follow it at the bass and van and you can follow me at jones into fish all my socials are at jones into fish facebook instagram all that so easy to find nice all right sam well that's gonna do it and then just uh, want to give a few couple shout outs to our show sponsors. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, Lovely Canoe and Kayaks, Hammered Lures, TRC, Fish Bob Lures, Jig Master Jigs, Angler, and uh, Yakitak for giving us the opportunity to do the tournament for Angler of the Pod. And guys, if you have any questions about any one of our guests on our shows, please feel free to reach out to to us and reach out to their handles on their social media. They'll be more than happy to help. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Off the Water. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures located in Northern Illinois for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. TRC Covers, protect your investment. Catch Products, shout out to Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the Paddle in Fin logo directly on your catch board. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com, use promo code PNF20 and save 20% on all your jig and tackle needs.